You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Over the past few months, more and more yoga teachers have brought their teaching online due to quarantine and social distancing. Now, I know some of you are thinking, gosh, I cannot wait to get back to in-person classes, while others have found that they enjoy the convenience of teaching from home and really want to continue offering classes online, even as studios reopen. And many of these yoga teachers, along with those who are already teaching online, are curious about how to build their classes and attract new students, especially in the light of increased competition. So today I'm going to give you my top seven tips for building your following and your credibility online. While these tips and tools are geared towards yoga teachers, they will also apply to anyone who wants to build an audience online for the purpose of earning a living by creating programs and services that will make a positive impact on the people you serve. So if you happen to be multi-passionate, you can definitely apply these tips to other related industries. Before we start, I want to clarify that having a big audience is not the same thing as having an audience that's ready to sign up for your classes, your programs, and your events. In other words, what we would call a warm audience. In order to get people to pay for your offerings, you have to position yourself as an expert, and that's what I'm going to focus on in this episode. So it's definitely possible to have a following that's not the right population to purchase anything from you. For example, let's take a yoga teacher on Instagram who posts photos of themselves in rather suggestive poses with not a lot of clothes on. Now, they might get a lot of people to follow them who like looking at their pictures, but aren't actually intending to ever practice yoga. So yes, they have a lot of followers, but are those followers going to actually help them make a living? I don't know. It kind of depends on their business model. If they want to get sponsorships, yeah, they can probably get some sponsorships, but the yoga teachers that I'm talking to in this episode, you are here to teach yoga and yoga isn't really Instagrammable, although we can use Instagram as a tool, but we're not here to be influencers, although we are here to influence. So the tips in this episode are geared towards building credibility along with a following. And the idea here is not to just build an audience, but to position yourself as a leader in a specific area that relates to what you want to get paid to do. That leads me right into tip number one, decide what you want to be known for. You do need to be known for something specific, whether that's accessible classes, your sense of humor, a specific niche, or your love of anatomy. This has been really hard for me because I have so many passions and I guess a little fear of commitment. So. Deciding what I want to be known for has been a long-term project that, to be honest, I resisted for a long time. In fact, last summer, just a year ago, I met with a marketing coach, my friend Amanda McKinney, and she asked me the question, what do you want to be known for? And my answer was, ah, I don't really want to be known. I just want to help other yoga teachers get known. And yeah, it doesn't work that way. So I've come a long way in that last year, and I've clarified my brand message that I'm about infusing yoga philosophy into every aspect of your teaching, from your classes 
to what to charge. And if you already know that about me, yay, that means my branding's working. And if you don't, I'm a work in progress too. And not to be too meta, but I did just state it on my podcast, so now you know. I do really wish that I could have figured out this part of my message sooner, but I also think it had to be a process. So it can be a process for you too. Do your best to figure out what you want to be known for and also recognize that it can and probably will change over time. Tip number two, know who you're trying to reach. I'm sure I've said it a hundred times on this podcast, but you can't speak powerfully to everyone at once. And some business coaches teach about having an ideal customer avatar where you lay out every detail of an imaginary yoga student that represents who you want to teach. I don't personally use that technique. I don't like to think about an imaginary person. I think it's more effective to think about real people. So what I do teach and practice is to define what experiences, beliefs, and values the people I want to reach have in common. Then when I create content, I think of one of those specific people in that group. So somebody that's really in my audience who has stood out to me for whatever reason, and I think that that piece of content would be valuable for them. That's how I make it really personal. What I'm trying to say is you don't need to know everything about the people you're trying to reach, but you need to know a few things about them that are really important. For example, for me, here are the defining characteristics of the people I'm trying to reach. They are a yoga teacher, and they've completed a yoga teacher training. They care very much about ethics, and about teaching yoga that goes deeper than the physical. They want to make an impact on the world through their teaching, and they also want or need to make at least a portion of their income from teaching. So that's pretty specific, but I haven't named anything about gender, race, or socioeconomic class. What I am focused on are needs and desires that touch on survival and purpose. The making a living piece is in the survival realm, and the importance of ethics and the desire to make a positive impact is a piece of self-actualization. And that piece of purpose, self-actualization, that's something that gets people really excited and interested in your content. So knowing all of this helps me decide what kind of content to create and even what words to use as I share my message. If you want more information about how to figure out your niche and your target market, check out episode 99 called Why Your Marketing Isn't Working and How to Fix It. I will link to it in the show notes. On to tip number three. Do not worry about what style of yoga you teach. This is not an important part of building your brand. The style and format of your classes are tools in your toolbox, but they don't have to define you as a teacher. Can you imagine a carpenter saying, I use hammers to bang nails into wood versus I build not so big houses for people who value quality over size. So the first one, you're talking about the tools and the second one, you're talking about the results. And it makes such a big difference in how people will respond to your message. So as you're trying to build your online brand, I don't want you to focus so much on what style of yoga you teach. Now, if you have a specific style, you can talk about it, but realize that if you are defining yourself by your style, then you're making it more difficult for students to understand whether or not you're the right teacher for them. This is because one, no matter what style you teach, it's likely that there are plenty of other yoga teachers using the same style, using the same tools. 
And number two, most students don't really understand the differences between styles of yoga. In fact, even a lot of yoga teachers aren't super clear about the differences between styles. So if you happen to teach a very unusual style of yoga, you can use this as part of your brand, but you're gonna have to do a lot of work to educate people on what that means. And that is gonna come back to what does it mean for your students? Specifically, what are the outcomes they can expect? Many yoga teachers have told me that they resist marketing and avoid it because they're uncomfortable with self-promotion. And this makes complete sense to me. When you view marketing as being about you instead of about helping your students, it's gonna feel icky and it's not gonna be very effective. So no wonder it's not working. Instead, talk to your students. Listen to their wants, their needs, and their dreams, and help them as much as you possibly can within the format of your free content. The responses that you get from them is going to fuel your creativity and it's going to inspire you to create more involved programs so that you can help them on a deeper level. If I had to choose one of the tips, only one out of this episode to emphasize, it would be this one. Focus on your students, make everything about them, and let go of the idea that your content is about you. Once you truly understand this on a visceral level, you will have so much more freedom and inspiration to show up online and talk about what you do and how you help people. Tip number five, it is called social networking for a reason. Just as success in person often depends on who you know, The same principle applies online, but it's actually easier to get to know the right people. And this one's actually hard for me because I tend to watch and listen and hesitate to reach out. However, there are other people I've seen who've been able to move more quickly than I have in their online following because they're better at reaching out to other people and supporting them, sharing their message, sharing their offers, and even creating collaborations. So instead of focusing only on your own content, I would put at least an equal emphasis on supporting others and connecting with others. Share their content, comment on their posts, and let them know that you'd be interested in collaborating. Now don't do this in a scattershot superficial way. Pay attention to a few people whose content you really like and engage with them in a meaningful way. This is going to be the most effective if you choose people who serve the same population as you, but who do something a bit different. From the other side, I will say that I do notice people who respond consistently to my posts. If you do so in a thoughtful way, I start to get to know you and I start to feel warmly towards you. And I'm definitely open to promoting your stuff and helping you out when I can. Tip number six, do not fake it till you make it, but do show up fully, no matter how many people are listening. So clearly the whole fake it till you make it meme or idea is not so helpful here because people respond to authenticity. They respond to you really showing up as yourself. But that doesn't mean that you can't show up with the same level of presence as if you had an audience of millions, even if you only get a few responses. Focus on the people that you've helped in the past and focus on the people who are responding to your content now. If you've helped even one person, you can help a lot more. For sure, be a lifelong learner, but show up as being worthy of being a leader exactly as you are right now. 
You can show up with transparency, humility, and stand in the truth of your message. That's why in my program, Foundations of a Yoga Business, one of the most important things we do is uncover your core values and your message. Because when you have an important message to share that you feel really strongly about, it's so much easier to show up as a leader. It doesn't matter the size of your following. Okay, moving right along to tip number seven, which is consistency, consistency, consistency. The number one drain, the number one thing that's gonna slow you down and block your momentum is a lack of consistency. And this one I know from personal experience because I spent 10 years building the Yoga Teacher Resource website in spurts, and it wasn't until I started the podcast and got on a weekly schedule that it finally started to gain traction. When you show up consistently, people naturally start to trust that you're gonna be around for the long haul. And you do not have to show up daily, just choose a consistent schedule that works for you and stick to it. And if consistency is a challenge for you as it is for me, make sure that you put some systems in place to hold you accountable. For example, one of the things that really helped me when I first started the podcast was hiring somebody to help me with the sound. Knowing that I needed to have the episode ready to get it to my sound engineer made all the difference in the world in terms of consistency for me. Okay, I hope that these seven tips help you to get more comfortable with the idea of building a following online and also building the right following. People who are eager and ready to sign up for your classes, your programs, and your special events. If you want step-by-step guidance for a detailed plan that covers all the aspects of a sustainable and profitable yoga business, that's what I teach in my online course, Foundations of a Yoga Business. Right now, I'm in the middle of updating the course and using what I've learned from teaching it multiple times to make it even better. So it's not open for registration as of this episode being released, but you can get on the waitlist at teachingyoga.net slash foundations. That's what I've got for you this week. Please check back next week for another episode. And in the meanwhile, remember to make time for your self-care and prioritize your personal practice. Mm -hmm.